Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my host for the last 14 years of doing our show at Leadership Development News, is here today. And, you know, Kathy and I have always been focusing on what are the few things that you could do a little more, a few things you could do a little less, so that you can be a top performer. You can be brilliant in the moment. We have our uh, books that we focus on and giving you tools, emotional brilliance, and what are the few things that you can do to... Uh, in the moment, to bring out your best. And, you know, between Kathy and I, we've helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%, and we want to always give you tips and tools, and we have a really exciting show today, you know, with a uh, top performer, Raul Rivas, and I'll let Kathy uh, introduce him. But, Kathy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Riley. Um You know, I think before we, we jump in here, uh, into uh, a conversation uh, with uh, with my my new colleague uh, Raul Rivas. Just want to make sure the audience knows who we are, and also ask for continuing forgiveness here as we're all dealing with still working from home. And uh, again, we're going to have to tolerate a little bit of background noise, and I'm sure our audience understands. But I just want to make sure that as we go into this discussion on emotional intelligence that the audience really knows that uh, you and I both really have uh, written many books. You've written uh, seven books yourself on emotional intelligence and performance. You've worked with thousands of leaders as a master certified coach and uh, professional team development expert. Oh, your books uh, in healthcare on burnout, physician burnout, are doing very, very well. Um, and, of course, our new platform, the Emotional Brilliance Academy, is doing exceptionally well with our law enforcement uh, community, and we're about to go live with uh, real estate. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we'd like to share that's free. Uh, I know we have uh, our apps, uh, Your Happiness Now, which is uh, the app that I have on uh, the uh, you know, any of the, the app uh, programs you can go to and download. And I know you have Leadership Keys, and we give away right. lots and lots of great things uh, at our website, uh, the uh, Emotional Brains Academy, eblifebook.com backslash academy. And if anybody would like a seven-day all-access pass to look around and check it out for yourself, please go to eblife.com dot com backslash free. Um, Raleigh, you know, before yeah. we kick off uh, with Raul, I wanted to turn it back over to you for a okay. minute just to, you know, talk about why we do this and kind of what's up yeah. in emotional brilliance. Okay, great. And then also for any of our newer listeners, you know, Kathy is the author of nine books, and one of the more popular ones is Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus. And then, like we talked about, we have our book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Stressless, Fearless uh, Life. And, Kathy, in regards to anything else free, you know, on our website, emotionalbrilliance.com backslash academy, there is an e-book, The 11 Reasons Why You Need Emotional Intelligence. So you just you put your name and email in, nothing else, and you can get that free uh, e-book. So why emotional intelligence? Um, it over and over, the research is showing to be a top performer, this idea of emotional intelligence is critical when compared to how smart you are and your technical expertise. All the studies are showing emotional intelligence is the key factor. And then in Kathy our book, Emotional Brilliance, we're really zeroing in and what do you do in the moment? So how do you bring in all the things you know about yourself? How do you bring in all the things that you know about what's going on in your environment and others, and in the moment, how do you make those decisions? And that's why I'm really excited to uh, talk with Raul Rivas, because in, in a crisis um, that he's had probably so many times as a, uh, a member 
of being in SWAT. Um, we want to hear from him in the, in the moment. What are some of the things that he's drawn, he's done? So, Kath, maybe you can zero in on his uh, bio, and then we got a series of questions that we really want to tap him and kind of unpack how's he been brilliant and what's he seen be brilliant in the moment with all uh, his colleagues. Well, you know, I'm going to have to uh, to wing it for the moment, uh, Raul, and so forgive me if I miss anything, but uh, I'm sure you I do fine. On and on. <laughs> Thank you. I could go on and on about this uh, true American hero. Uh, educated, grew up in the Orlando area, uh, spent his life uh, dedicated to uh, various uh, areas of law enforcement, uh, has been a, a, de- a dedicated uh, SWAT leader, and uh, is still within the law enforcement community within the district attorney's office uh, as part of a protection force. And, of course, if I were going to look for somebody to protect me, it would certainly be Raul Rivas. Uh, Raul, I could go on and on about all of your awards uh, and the years of service uh, that you have provided our nation. And I would like to hone right in on the Pulse nightclub shooting. And let's start with your story because it's so compelling. Um, and this is generally, you know, a three-hour conversation with Raul, but he's going to do his best to give you a snapshot. And then, Raul, let's, um, let's just start from there. So let's talk about that night and how you used your own emotional intelligence, not even knowing what emotional intelligence really was to decide how you were going to react and respond right. uh, and really, in the moment, uh, use what we call the art of fearless leading. Act with courage, respond with resilience, think from a higher consciousness, and engage with a mindset for success. Yes, ma'am. Well, uh, first I want to say uh, thank you to you both for having me on. Uh, um, yeah, it's an honor. Uh, so thank you very much again for having me. Um, I uh, yeah, it's it's a long it's a it's a long uh, amazing story the Pulse nightclub incident. Um, and I'll try to condense it as quick as I can, <laughs> uh, as good as I can. But uh, basically, um, so you know, I, and, I, and when I talk about this, I talk about the SWAT guys. You know, doing their you know doing their thing. Um, we had just had two hostage situations that happened. Uh, just before the Pulse nightclub thing, within 48 hours, so uh, a real deal hostage, hostage situations, and then the Pulse nightclub thing happens at two in the morning, and I had just gotten home. It's my getting placed back wow. in my head that way. I just got home probably an hour before, but in my head, it's like I just got home and put my butt on the, in the bed, and then the phone's going off for an active shooter at Pulse nightclub. Uh, and uh, if the people that don't know, Pulse nightclub incident happened in Orlando back in 2016. Uh, gentleman, uh, gentleman, listen to me. Suspect walks in and um, with a M4 uh, style rifle and, and shoots uh, 49 people, kills them, uh, and injures a, a whole bunch more people uh, in the nightclub. Um, so this happened, starts at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Respond out there. Um, the I tell you that the first thing I thought was uh, when it said active shooter, um, I, I was just I didn't think I was going to make it there in time. It, 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 active shooter is the last usually you know five minutes, ten minutes. I live thirty minutes away, so I, I just didn't think I was going to make it there in time. So, uh, uh, but I did. And, and the, the tactics had changed because it went from an active shooter to a barricaded gunman uh, over a period of time there, and he kind of barricaded himself into the bathroom. Um, when I got there, first thought was, you know, getting the intel and, and, and trying to uh, just kind of assess what's going on. And, and one of the biggest things that one of my leaders uh made happen was uh they 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 grabbed me and uh took me into the dance floor 
because he was now held up in the bathroom, took me to the dance floor, and you just saw the carnage that this man had done. Um, So it made it, you know, you, you, you hope that you've trained that every call out, every incident is real and you treat it as such. But when you when you see the evidence of what wow. he's capable and willing to do, um, I believe that just locks you in a little bit more. Maybe it makes it a little bit more real to you. Um, so, yeah, we were able to see the carnage that he left behind there. Uh, then it became a... You know, focusing on 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 him and and trying to, uh, of course, there were there was negotiations going on. But how are we going to stop him from inflicting any more harm, uh, any more killing? How are we going to save more people if we could, you know, with with again without uh, letting him cause any more harm? And and that's what the focus uh, kind of went to. And, and I, I tell you that the, the Throughout the whole incident, I can say that, you know, they have this saying about, you know, your, your body can't go where your mind hasn't traveled. Uh, I, I believe in that. So we we've, we had practiced hostage situations, active shooters, uh, you know, barricaded gunmen. We've practiced that, you know, a, a thousand times over and over and over. So it was, you know, I think we were able to kind of reach back into that file cabinet, if you will, and and, and start using that to let our bodies just kind of start reacting to what was going on. Um, I I don't have, you know, I'm not as, you guys are real smart. I'm not that smart, (laughs) but I've been trained, you know, and and, and I hope that I, the guys that were following me and then, of course, the gentlemen I was following, the, the, the supervisors and commands I was following, I trust with my life. So um, we had been there before in our minds. So it was a little easier for us to go ahead and, you know, I, I think make some decisions that needed to be made uh, as things were progressing. So he ends up uh, in the bathroom um, we end up blowing a big hole in the back wall that that, that led to the bathrooms. And at, at, at the end there, he came out uh, shooting with two guns. And we shot him. Uh, we killed him. And we were able to rescue the, the rest of the people that were in the bathroom. And that's a, that's wow. a, a quick 10-minute deal there. <laughs> yeah, well, a 10-minute t- deal uh, that saved many, many more lives. Uh, that yes, that could have perished because there was organization, uh, there was trained, uh, prepared mental attitude, uh, and as you said, yes, you know that that preparation includes recognizing one's emotions and how you're likely to respond in a serious incident, uh, you know, around a hostage uh, rescue. And I know this is hard for our audience uh, to hear, especially when you uh, describe the carnage on the dance floor. And for those of you who are listening, I have sat through this, uh, what they call briefing, a number of times with different uh, officers from different vantage points. But none of them have the real story that Officer Rivas has because he was on site and he was inside the building actually doing the operation. Uh, a couple of the guys that do the briefing, while well-respected and loved by the community, were not necessarily inside and seeing everything real-time. And so these pictures can be incredibly devastating. And I cannot imagine for the officers' uh, role that were following each other into this situation that they have not ever been able to erase uh, the visual. And what was worse, for those of you who are listening, is they heard the cell phones of loved ones calling that were unfortunately unable to be answered because with FaceTime and Facebook and every other kind of Instagram, 
uh, going on, uh, people were calling each other and this became a media incident as well. So Officer Rivas and the officers uh, from SWAT that were there uh, were dealing with a lot of complex emotional issues, as you can imagine. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, I'm sure you're not going anywhere. We'll be right back to talk about when uh, Officer Raul Rivas responded to a call at the end of a long shift. Little did he know that emotional intelligence, along with preparedness, would help save his life, among others. Come right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech. Like the hard-working men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. Icy Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. Icy Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're just getting started talking with Raul Rivas. You know, he served 18 years with the SWAT team and, and was assistant team leader. And as he's telling the story now, he was involved in the uh, Pulse Night Club shooting where 49 people uh, died. Raul received the Award of Valor for his actions and involvement in the Pulse incident. And then he recently retired from the police department in 2019. So Raul... Uh, before the break, we were getting into the, the scene and, and from the idea of this emotional brilliance, you know, here you had a half-hour drive and you already had a whole other incident you were dealing with. What were you, like, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? How'd you, how, how were you preparing yourself for what you didn't really know was about that you were going to see? But how did you mentally prepare yourself to walk into what then was an active shooter uh, scenario? Yeah, that's a good, great question. Um, I tell you, so the active shooter scenario, just, just the title alone, um, tells you that things are going on rapidly. That they're actively shooting. They're actively, actively uh, hurting people. So the, the whole way there, um, I'm trying to listen to the radio, but I'm not getting a whole lot of information uh, in reference to 
is he still shooting? You know, are you still moving around? You know, what, or is he kind of stopped and just shooting people in, in, in one, you know, small, like the bathroom? Let's say I didn't know where he was in the bathroom, but like what exactly was going on? I wasn't getting that, all that information. So, uh, my thought process going in was that I'm going to have to, you know, get there, jump out the car, and go rushing in, you know, and, and so preparing my mind for that fast-paced incident to kind of happen was where I was at. And until I got close, then I kind of realized, okay, wait a minute, this this is more now of a barricaded hostage situation. Yeah. Um, but then it, 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 and it had all this, you know, Again, we went. I went to the dance floor and then just saw what he had done. Right. Um, and then there was still more people in the bathrooms, and we didn't know which bathroom he was in. It's gonna, you know, when I got there, so you know, all those things were going on. So yeah, it was kind of a roller coaster of getting ready to run, and then okay, no, we're not going to do that. We got to wait. Are you, are, are you like, like saying kind of, something to yourself to be calm or to be clear? Or like like you know what like what are you saying to yourself as you're you know preparing to go in there? Right. So my uh, my first thing is, you know, and, and don't forget anything. Right. Make sure you get all you have all your equipment you're gonna need. Uh, okay. Try to be open. Try to you know be ready for the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't like and this. This is just uh, through my training and, and the way I've kind of approached things. I, I don't like to go in and kind of what's the word I'm looking for. Um, predict that this is going to happen this way. I try to stay open to it. I try to let the scenario, let the incident kind of unfold the way it's going to unfold and not take control when the opportunity permits for me to, for me to take control. So that's uh, kind of, and it's, I call it, that's my, my neutral approach, you know, this way. I, I don't, I believe for me, if I go in there predicting something that don't happen, I've got to kind of, come off of that prediction and then, you know, make another decision where if I can kind of stay neutral, stay open to it, you know, don't try to predict anything. When something happens, I can react, you know, and then hopefully in my training, I have enough training, enough times being in those uh, scenarios that I can make the right decision. So with that, that's pretty amazing what you're saying. You know, Kathy and I talk a lot about, you know, having people be in the moment and, and the brain is this predictive machine. So you're almost trying to back off for all the predictions and just be ready for whatever you encounter. Right, right. I mean, and there's there's things that are, that are going to happen that you can't help to predict, right? So, so you know, if he locks himself into a bathroom, then, okay, I, you know, I, I do have a certain set of predictions i got to make. You know, in order for him to come out, you've sure. got to come out this exit, you know, those kind of things. So I know in case I can start doing that, but outside of that, I try to stay as neutral as I can, if that makes any sense. Sure. So, um, we'll talk a little bit about what was going on around you that you had to experience, but stay in neutral so that you could think and help direct the officers around you because there was a fair amount of chaos. Uh, you knew some of these guys that you had trained and trained with and respected. There were also some folks uh, that were uh, obviously new. And let me just explain to the audience, just as a, a little bit of a mindset uh, shift here, when, when we're trained as professionals and we execute that training, we're often hard on ourselves because we want to deliver the best programs possible or the best experience for our coaching clients as possible. So imagine you're trying to deliver on your service, and in this case, right, it's saving a life. And in this particular case, saving many lives and you know that there are hostages being held by someone who is very dangerous, has already proven that, and there's this chaos going on around you. Uh, Raul, talk a little bit about how you managed 
to that chaos using some of the, the, the words that we use in emotional intelligence, like your stress tolerance. Uh, you were way past exhaustion. Uh, you just come off of a, a shift, and here you are reengaging. Uh, you have to be accountable uh, and dedicated mm-hmm. to the team that you're working with, but you also have to be flexible, as you said, in that, in that neutral space. And you also have to be using problem-solving under those, as we say, VUCA, uh, if you will, environmental conditions, volatile, uncertain, chaotic, and ambiguous. Tell us a little bit about how you were able to manage to that, uh, to come to a a very positive conclusion uh, in 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 the long run here. Yeah, a great question. Um, So I want to say that first thing I'm going to say is a lot of teamwork went into this whole thing. Um, And I say that so when there was times that we would hear the people screaming and or just kind of trying to get our attention, uh, that we're in the bathrooms uh, at, at the very end of everything when they just completely lost it and we weren't, and there was a bomb threat right there that, that we were dealing with. Uh, everybody kind of kept, we, we kept each other focused. Uh, and and I, I think for me, um, there's a couple times in here, you know, of course, one when I'm seeing all the bodies and the, and the phones uh, uh, ringing. Another was when, when we, uh, you know, uh, recognized that he had a bomb on him. Uh, inside, inside, I, you know, I was screaming, you know, just, just holy crap, you know. And, and But I know I couldn't say that. I know I couldn't react like that. I know, you know, and, and there was work to be done. My team is still here. We still have work to be done. We still have people to save. So it became a, a, a focus on the job that had to be done. And, and, that, and then, okay, uh, the job's got to be done. Now, how do we get it done? You know, so I got to now narrow my focus even more. How do we get this done? This, this hole here needs to get bigger so we can get people out of this club without having to go over the bomb that's right over there. So we got to make this hole bigger. How do we do that? How do we do it quickly before this bomb goes off? And, and so we kind of kept each other, you know, each other focused because focus, nobody took a step back. Nobody panicked. You know, I, I, I hope that if somebody did panic, I'd be the one to kind of slap them and get them back in check, you know, and, and vice versa. But that's kind of, uh, I think, how we kept ourselves focused uh, on, on the task at hand because time was of the essence. You know, we didn't know when that bomb was going to go off. Yeah, and tell us a little bit about how the the folks that were in various bathrooms hiding uh, were mm-hmm. able to help you and your team get them out. Uh, of oh, right. Um, such as the we, uh, conditioning that was dealt with. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We uh, so while we were um, trying to figure out, you know, exactly where he was and and how we were going to try to end this uh, siege, if you will. Um, we we received a phone call from somebody. Well, somebody was on the phone with the manager, and, you know, we're, we're trying to ask the manager questions, and the manager's on the phone while we're trying to ask questions, and we're like, you know, who are you talking to right now? And, uh, you know, he's like, I'm talking to an employee, and we're, you know, fire them. You know, we don't have the time to be dealing with this. So uh, he says, "Well, they're inside." Wait, well, give me the phone. Give me the phone. Give me the phone. So we we grab the phone and uh, talk to the person inside, and they're actually in a room right next to where the suspect is, and they happen to be in a dressing room. And uh, we go ahead and uh, 
talking to that person, and he says it's eight people in here, and you know, we're in a dressing room with an air conditioner in it, and we decide as a team, you know, from the commander that we're going to save everybody we can, you know. So the plan was we're going to push that air conditioner in, and when we push it in, you know. We, we tell them, you guys have got to catch the air conditioner and you got to be quiet and you got to put it down. So, so quiet. And he says, you know, the guy says, okay. And then we said, okay, once we get there, can you get the air conditioner down? We're going to bring you guys one at a time through the hole. And it's one of those, air, those wall units, you know. So uh, he says, okay. And we said, okay. And by the way, you on the phone, we need you to be the last guy coming out. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he's like, yeah, we need you to be the last guy coming out. And he's like, no, no, no. We finally, you know, we, yeah, you're going to be the last. Then he says, we, we got one more problem. Um, we have a transgender person in here that's a little, little big. They're not going to fit through that hole. We're like, damn, you know, so well, we'll figure that out when we get to that point. Let's move ahead with our plan. Well, uh, Tiny Tim uh, pushes that air conditioner in, and, uh, you know, it gets caught. Uh, eight, sets of, you know, eight sets of hands reaching up there, and, and they just go to putting it down so slow and so gentle. And when that thing finally hits the ground, the transgender person was the first one to get through the hole. And I, and we were amazed by that because she said she couldn't make it, but she made it. She was motivated. <laughs> so that's a good thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, then we, exactly. And, then, and then we were able to uh, rescue everybody else out of there. And then the gentleman that was on the phone, he was the last one to come through. So uh, that was another thing. You know, we, we were worried that he may hand the phone to somebody else and say, hey, they said, hold the phone for me. <laughs> but he didn't do that. He keeps the last one come through. That's great teamwork. And it just goes yes, to show was. you how the human condition under duress uh, can really uh, come to light and people can reach out to each other uh, and use those beautiful moments of emotional intelligence in in a way that enables them to save each other. Uh, Raleigh, yeah. I'm going to let you ask some questions. I'm yeah, sure yeah. you so have some. i got a couple questions, Raleigh. I mean, this is, <clears throat> thanks so much for, you know, sharing this. You're, you're mm-hmm. in those situations, you're in that situation, which, you know, hardly anybody listening can, can never imagine, you know, but that's, you know, was, is your career. What do you do to kind of calm yourself when there's chaos? And Kathy mentioned, you know, this VUCA world, which is now, you know, popularized, volatile, uncertain, complexity, ambiguous. What do you do to stay focused and to stay calm when there's just utter chaos all around you? Uh, You know, from a lot of breathing stuff, you know, we do a a lot of tactical breathing, you know, um, so say, uh, maybe say well, what, for our audience, what does that mean? I mean, I know what it means. But it's tactical breathing. What do you do? You know, so it. You know, <laughs> so I've kind of morphed it a little bit, but uh, you know, uh, taking a breath in, holding it for a beat, blowing that air out, holding it for a beat, and, and you know, and people kind of do it differently, but that's always kind of worked for me. Kept me calm. Um, it also helps when I shoot. So if I do that. Without throughout the incident, excuse me, uh, I kind of when it when it comes time to to squeeze the trigger or do anything, I'm kind of breathing tactically, and I don't get uh, I don't get crazy. <laughs> I don't, right. don't lose don't lose it to, to, to say so. Uh, and that's you know that that helps me a little bit. And and, and then trying to stay uh, trying to stay laser focused. So I think the breathing also helps with that. So um, staying focused on the task at hand. Uh, and uh, I say task, but it's, it's always you know multiple tasks going on at once. But trying to stay focused on that, what kind of let, lets me um, carve out some of the some of the noise that they don't need to be worrying yeah. about. So uh, at that, that time, so um, I when uh, you know when when we when we shot them. And we're trying to get people out, and they're screaming, and, and they're you know they're just losing it, and understandably, 
understandably, but our our duty was to, to you know get that hole opened up bigger so we could do something and getting them out. But we can't worry about them screaming. We got to do it the right way because if we know it, we ended up hitting the water pipe and the room started flooding. Somebody almost died in the room from drowning because of a water pipe that was hit. And if we'd have panicked or if we, you know, that person would have drowned. You know, so yeah, the, the things like that kind of helped me. So for our audience, and then we'll get a couple more questions. The idea of the tactical breathing, sometimes it's called box breathing. You breathe in for the count of four. You hold it for mm-hmm. the count of four. Right. You breathe out for the count of four. Really kind of connects the sympathetic and parasympathetic and, the, and calming you. Calm, and then like you said, if you have to shoot, you, you don't want your hand shaking, obviously. Um, right. You know, so that's they really help on that. The other thing that laser focus, a lot of the neuroscientists are telling us, it's kind of this idea, the metaphor of like a flashlight, and you just have this beam, and that's your focus. And just to real, and I'm sure you've trained to be focused and have that beam wherever you want it to go, and everything else is in the background. So, Raul, we're going to take our our next break, and then uh, we'll come back. So, this is Leadership Development News. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We are having a very informative and intimate conversation with Officer Raul Rivas based on his emotional intelligence responses that saved the lives of many people on that day at the Pulse nightclub shooting. Raul, talk about some of the key learnings you have now, years after uh, so much loss, 
uh, and so much heroism, and how you cope uh, and work to teach others how to recover, even from daily life, if not these kinds of, if you will, kind of immortal devastations. Uh, This is, you know, it's a lifelong journey. Yes, ma'am. Um, so, you know, when I when I talk about the Pulse nightclub incident, and then I I always have a, a a mental health portion that I do at the very end of it. I always explain to everybody, Pulse nightclub is not my story. Um, well, I but I didn't know that, of course, going you know, and when everything was going on, uh, I kind of thought it was my story because I didn't start having issues. Months and months later, um, Pulse Nightclub may have been the thing that kind of let me learn that it, uh, something was you know, going, going on in my head and I needed to maybe get some help. Uh, some things happened after. Six months later, uh, we had a, a lieutenant that was shot and killed. Um, and, and it's just a horrible incident. And we ended up, uh, I was on a task force at the time with the U.S. Marshals. And we were, of course, our responsibility to go find this murderer. And uh, we, uh, in trying to find him uh, during the course of that, I kind of realized I needed to get some help. Um, and I was able to, you know, get the help that I, that I needed. Uh, come to find out that, you know, the whole cumulative thing that has happened over my 26 years of, of, of policing at, at OPD, Orlando Police Department, uh, you know, it, it finally caught up to me, and I just, I never talked about the bad stuff. You know, I, I, I'm a try to be a happy-go-lucky guy, and I never talked uh, or vented about any of the bad stuff that had happened around me, to me, you know, uh, just any of that. So, uh so in my journey and kind of getting mentally healthy, uh, I was able to meet some people that, that had to like, uh, the like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they were like-minded, and, and they wanted to go ahead and try to help others that, that may have some mental issues. And, and we've been able to kind of go around and just tell people that, you know, it, it's okay. And... Even if you are going through something mental, or some kind of mental issues, or uh, just need, need to talk to somebody, doesn't mean you're going to lose your job. Doesn't mean you're going to lose your position. Doesn't mean you're going to do any of that. You just need some help, and, and that's okay, you know. And uh, uh, you know, I, I do my work, of course. You know, you, and of course, when you start talking to counselors, and, and, and you know, you guys, <laughs> both docs here, uh, you guys know that that. It, it went way, way beyond my 26 years. I mean, we, you know, we, we start start peeling that onion. You start realizing that you had, you know, some trauma that may have happened when you were a kid that you never dealt with. And uh, but that's okay. You got to peel that onion, and you get better. Right. And, and, and uh, you start, you know, you start learning how to deal with some of that stuff. And, and again, realizing that it's okay. And so that's kind of what I do now when I when I speak to. Uh, agencies, uh, conferences. Um, I tell them about the Pulse incident. I tell them how it affected me. But I also let them know that you know that, that's that's not that's not my complete story. And while other people may have that one acute incident that you know does it to them, I, I bet you. And I don't know the numbers on this, and you guys know more, more of them have. Just that buildup of trauma that's happened over the years, right? And and they haven't dealt with it, and, and uh, we need to, you know, make that take that. Uh, I'm, I'm losing my words today, but you know, make that okay for people to get help, right? For those mental. Well, issues. I got a question for you. I mean, so and this is so helpful because you know you've gone through so much and learned so much. You know, just for for. Uh, our audience, and I think for most of us, you know, Kathy and I talk about this idea we have in our book, uh, um, feelings aren't biodegradable. We think that somehow if we don't do anything about it, they'll disappear. So kind of the first part of this is, you know, how come 
and I'm sure you and all your colleagues, how come people don't say anything about what's going on? And then the second part would be, how did it help, how did it help you talking about it? Yeah. So, uh, well, Doc, great questions. Uh, you know, and everybody, you know, we talk about it a lot now. It's the stigma. That's the first thing that, that, that the big fear is the stigma of being that person that can't handle the rough and tough job of being a law enforcement officer. Uh, and then, then comes the, the secondary part is, a, you know, and if you say something, are they going to now treat me differently? You know, they're going to put me in the, and we call it the fishbowl, right? So we have a we have a place in the police department, that, like the info desk, and you're behind the glass. We call it the fishbowl. You know, it's a, are they going to put you behind the fishbowl or put you in some kind of limited duty and you're going to get treated differently because you raised your hand and said, there's wow. something wrong, you know, in my head. So uh, that that's the first thing, I think. But those two things are, are what stops, I believe, law enforcement officers from... Just, you know, acknowledging that something's wrong and I need to get some help. Uh, I think the third thing, uh, I just had it in my head, uh, the stigma, being treated differently, and another one, oh, confidentiality. They, they, they worry about that as well. Um, so if I go talk to somebody, they're going to go back and tell the police department that what, what I'm saying. And that's another thing that, that they're really worried about. So um, yeah. th- those are the, and, the and three that I think deal. kind of stop people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let our audience know that in law enforcement, if you ask for help, 99% of the time your command staff is going to take away your gun and they're going to put you on admin leave. And that means you're not even getting paid, plus you don't have a way to protect yourself. And that is a huge issue that we are trying to overcome right now in law enforcement. And forgive me for uh, interjecting their role, but that's so important for people to know that law enforcement professionals uh, have a hard time asking for help because of the consequences. So that confidentiality is really right. So I, I, and so we, yeah, which def- yeah. we're absolutely trying to change that. Uh, in law enforcement, and, it, and it's coming. It really is coming. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, agencies around the country that are recognizing that. You know what? This isn't the right thing to do. Let's figure another way. Let's try. Let's try to get him some help while he's at the job. Now, of course, there there's a uh, you know. There are situations where we, we they just got to take the gun, you know, depending on what's going on and what's been said and all those kind of things. But uh, there's, there's situations where, it, you know, Okay, we we can keep you working and get you help at the same time, you know, and, and that's a. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, it's getting better. We got a long way to go, long way to go. Um, and so I think, uh, oh, Doc, is I'm sorry. No, well, as just as we come to close here, because we're going to be having to uh, say goodbye very shortly. Talk mm-hmm. about one takeaway that you want your audiences to to have when they attend your programs? And, and how can people get you to come and speak at their programs? So what's one takeaway you want everybody to have? I would say the big thing for me is you, you got you to gotta, you know, relieve some of that stress, some of that pressure. Um, you know, and there's a whole bunch of analogies out there, whether it's a trash can or wheelbarrow or, you know, the whole thing is that you've, you've got to find, I call it finding your therapy, right? So you've got to find your therapy, whatever that may be. You know, and, and my therapy may be talking to Dr. Cat, right? Or, 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 and your therapy may be going to lift weights, but you've got you to let some of that out. Because if you don't, I promise you, at some point, the wheelbarrow gets too heavy, the trash can gets too full, the pipe builds up too much pressure, and it starts over, overflowing. The wheelbarrow, you can't carry no more, stuff falls out, and the pipe will bust. Well, I don't care what analogy you want to use. The point is, you've got to talk about it a little bit. You can't go 26 years and not talk about you know, all the dead bodies you've seen. The dead kids you've seen, the, the carnage on the dance floor, 
talk about your feelings about your, your, your colleague that got shot in the middle of the road like a dog. Wow. You can't go a whole career and see all that and and not talk about it. And, and, I mean, I say talk about it. Learn how to deal with it. And and that's not because, you know, I think, Dr. Kat, you, you were talking about this before, but we have to learn how to, because you're never going to forget about it. And like, like you just said, Doc, too, is a, it's not biodegradable is the word you use, so we, but we got to learn how to deal with it. Right. So uh, that's that's my big takeaway is that I'm here. You know, come find me, uh, and I'll give my, my email address and my phone number. I, I'm an open book, whatever, uh, whatever you think, Doc. Oh, you go right ahead. You share whatever you'd like. All right. Well, my email. email. Right. Yeah. yeah, the email probably. I'm sorry. Yeah, email will probably be good for people. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let me let me grab it here real quick here because I'll mess it up if I don't read it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I am <Where> at Raul. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? I <laughs> I mean, no, I think it's all getting the old. same. You get to a point where you, now you just get busy. Get busy. <laughs> and, and, and these phones, have they've just made us horrible, haven't they? They just spoiled the, the heck out of us. So, right, you don't, um, you don't have to know it. Go ahead. So Raul? <laughs> Raul at Survive First, all one word, SurviveFirst.us. Oh, wow. That's good. You guys can reach me there. I, I check all the time. Anybody need to talk, want to hear a story, give me a holler. And well, Raul, one of the things realize, did, yeah, that, just being, that these, being able to talk I about it, I just want to say, people don't, you know, we have this thing, yeah, I just want to say, have, <laughs> hold on, hold on, who said we, <laughs> one yeah, let, me, let me just say this, so one of the things that we hearing, have, I'm is, sorry, Rally, yeah, we can't hear you, dear. Let me, I said, oh, what I was saying Rally. is, let me just give this, tool that we have in our website, which is, yeah, it's called name. So how do you notice, accept, manage, and then express these emotions? And so there's more information on our website, www.emotionalbrilliance.com. Go ahead, Kathy, you can bring us on. No, I was just going to say for our audience, you know, you don't have to have had a life changing experience that involves death to understand where Officer Rivas is coming from. You know, all of us are survivors of something on any day, and any kind of approach that we take to our work as coaches is a step forward. So, Raul, thank you for being a coach. Thank you for sharing your story with so much compassion uh, and thoughtfulness, and we look forward to talking to you in the future and having you back. And for our audience, thank you for being with us. Thank you for tuning in to tune up your performance with Leadership Development News. We'll see you. If not, you'll hear from us real soon. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Raul. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.